Hey, I am Hanan. And I am Steluza. And you're listening to the Path to Resilience podcast. Here we connect you with global thought leaders. You can listen to their stories and learn from their experiences. We are both professional coaches who believe in change, the change that empowers and lifts others. We believe in being authentic. That's why we invite leaders who are comfortable with talking from the heart. We also believe in the power of the mind and how it can improve your health, your relationships, and your performance. Whether you want to make a positive change in your life or upgrade your vision, this is the place for you to be. Thank you for connecting. Good morning, everyone. Hi, good morning. Hello, Rolando. <laughs> yes, good morning, good afternoon. Exactly. Thank you, Rolando, and good evening, because we have people watching from all over the world. So thank you. Correct. Thank My you, side James, is also good afternoon. Yeah. It's uh, 12.01 now on the East Coast. Yeah, please leave in the comment where you're from. And thank you for joining us today. And today we have uh, an interesting subject, uh, is the challenges of an, of an immigrant. And we are all immigrants here today. <laughs> so let me introduce our guest, uh, uh, Amar. Uh, Amar is uh, from Canada, originally from Pakistan. And I salute all the people from Pakistan who are joining us today. So he's an entrepreneur. He's an internationally recognized managing director. And he's also the CEO of Robis International. So uh, he pioneered the company from a startup to a six-figure annual sales revenue, five offices, 56 countries, and he's helping his clients to re reinvent themselves for today's competitive global market. And uh, the list is very long. I will let him introduce himself. Please, Amar, tell us how did you made it? I mean, from Pakistan to Canada. Hi, everybody. Yes. Well, it's it's been a long story and a long journey. It's uh, it's I left Pakistan in 1991 as a student. I moved to England first, did my graduation and education from England and then from England, briefly went back to Pakistan, uh, lived there for a while and then decided to move back up to Canada. At that time in 1998, I moved back to Canada. So I've been uh, well, I was immigrant in 1998. I don't think the you know if you live at some place for 24 years you will still called immigrant but that's that's a gray line anyway so that's how it all started and that's where we are at the moment but there are various few steps along the way obviously I was a student in England I did my graduation from England then went back to Pakistan wanted to stay there but then I could not stay there for various reasons uh, you know cultural changes or whatever, then in 98 decided to move to uh, Canada and I am here ever since then. And then there's a long story of how things happen and which I'm sure we will discuss during the during the uh, this podcast. Yeah, well, thank you. So uh, I heard you talking about uh, moving from uh, Pakistan to uh, England, right? And then you shared with us how you start your journey of also of entrepreneurship before going right. to Canada. So can Correct. you share more sure. with our audience? <laughs> sure. So I moved to England as a student in back in 1991. I was 17 years old at that time. And like every household in Pakistan, mainly people like to go abroad for studies. So I went as well. 
when I was 18 years old, I had kind of a, I don't know what's the right word, a disagreement, a misunderstanding with my dad. And I decided not to take any funds from the family, right? So I decided that I'm going to make it on my own. I'm going to pay for my own education, studies, whatever. So, you know, I used to go to university nine to four. And then in the evenings, I used to work at various outlets, McDonald's, KFC restaurants and things like that. And like every aspiring 18-year-old, the first thing I wanted to buy when I make some money was a car. So I saved enough money in three, four months' time or five months' time, and I bought myself a car. Now, I used to live in England in a small village in Lancashire, up northwest. So I bought a car from somebody from a village, fixed it up four or five hundred pounds. I think that car was at that time. And I decided to make my first trip to London. So weekend to London, three and a half hours drive. So I drove to London to see some of my friends. Over the weekend, one of the friends decided that he wants to buy a car and he requested me to drive him to a car showroom, a car outlet. So I drove him to the car showroom. And while I was waiting for him outside and while he was inside, a car salesman came to me and started looking at my car and said, well, I really like your car. Do you want to sell it? And I asked him double the price that I have paid for the car. And I ended up making that deal with him. So I realized that if I buy the cars from Northwest where they are cheaper and drive them down to London, I can make quite a bit of money. So that was actually the start of my entrepreneur journey. So I used to find cars in the villages, in the mountains, in Northwest, in Lancashire, you know, in that area. And then I would fix them up myself a little bit here and there. And then I would drive them next week or after five, 10 days to London and sell them for double the money because I picked a vent on it. And that's how, you know, my first car was bought for 400, sold for 800. By the time I graduated, I not only have paid all of my education and expenses, I had a car worth 8,000 pounds as well. So that was a really, it's just, you know, getting on an opportunity and trying to keep your mind open and picking up on something. That's what all business is all about, to be at the right place at the right time, but plus have your eyes and ears open. Sometimes, you know, things are right in front of you and you just keep looking at the long distance goal, but you have to start looking from what is around you as well. So that's how I started my entrepreneur uh, journey, if you would say. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's really interesting. And I really love what you said that, you know, you need to keep your eyes open because many uh, entrepreneurs or many people overthink things, right? And when right. they need to take a decision, they sleep on it quite a long time until the, you know, the opportunity goes away. So that's, uh, I think this is a thing that we uh, must be, be uh, really aware yeah, of well, as exactly. an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And also, you know, entrepreneur, it's to me as uh, anyway trust your instincts right you you have you have an instinct inside you which is telling you to do something and obviously you're not going to be right every time nobody's right every time right mark zuckerberg for example was wrong 11 times before the facebook got a hit right there are many many people you only have to be right that one time so just you know it's better for me it's always been i will never die wondering this has always been my motto don't die wondering right try it do it get back up and do it again if you do it well that's fine you have succeeded if you have not let's say god forbid you have failed for something well you still tried it now you can 
extract information out of it and try better next time. But if you don't try, you don't try, right? Nothing of nothing is still nothing. Something out of something is still something that is more than nothing. So these kind of things, we have to trust our instinct. This is, I have, I have always advocated that, that, you know, you have an inbuilt radar inside you. That's your instinct. Follow it, do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it will always get you somewhere. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about the challenges of an immigrant, uh, so uh, yeah, your journey of immigration started in London, and it started in England, and how did you make it to Canada? And what well, are the challenges maybe that you faced in the first place in, in, in London? Well, and- well, journey that started in England was, I would say, was uh, not a accurately immigrant journey. That actually started when I moved to Toronto, England, I went as a student. I was guarded at that time. I, it was arranged by the family and friends as a 17 year old guy is going as a student. So that that was a student journey. And like every other student, you know, it's a new place. You you That's the first time you get freedom out of your culture, right? So that's where a lot of people go sideways, right? You've been living in a controlled environment. You have your parents all the time guiding you what's right and what's wrong. You have society norms that you live in, which drives your everyday work, right? Every day, what are you going to do? Now, all of a sudden, you are in a place where nobody's around you. You got to make all your choices. There's nobody telling you what to do. So that's the adjustment. As soon as people can make that adjustment and get that discipline in their life, that's what makes or breaks the difference. This is the story you have, we have heard so many times. There are, I have heard this story over and over again, and I have experienced it. Uh, people move from uh, Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, Morocco to England to study. One of them becomes an entrepreneur, and one is still struggling with whatever he was there what is the difference they both ended up at the same time at the same place graduated from the same university is how quickly you can adjust to discipline your lifestyle you know if anybody is telling you what to do it's easier to to do it but to adjust yourself when there is no one around and telling you what to do that's what makes the difference right so that's how if you can culturally adjust yourself and it's not easy to do it's easier for me to say it now 20 30 years ago but during that time it was not so simple you are in a new place you the uh, you are uh, away from your uh, family friends everything else you don't your know support how system. to navigate your support mm-hmm. system does not exist right so you got to take everything one step at a time. You got to take it easy. You got to sit down every other day and see, you know, why am I here? That is the first question. People, students forget why they have moved to another country. You know, they think some of the students and I've been there myself, they think is now I'm free. My parents is not there. Mom is not going to tell me what to do so I can go party at night. I can spend my life the way I want to. They forget why they are here in the first place right so if always students can remember why they are in a country they have immigrated as a student is first the first thing is to get educated so as long as you could get your boundaries right you are on the right track but students immigration Mm -hmm. is not actually considered an immigration you are still protected 
you are still protected in an environment by your family they know that you're a student you know you don't have those financial burdens like the immigrants independent immigrants would have you can still you still have your support system you still get to go back on the holidays your mom and dad are still following up with you if you need the money they are giving it to you so that's a different kind of an immigration that's more so to do with your personal development rather than mm. adjusting into an immigration lifestyle. Right? Yeah. I like what you said uh, that you know to you know you know to to ask you need to ask yourself why you are here. So when you moved to Canada, what was the answer? So why So when I moved okay, so when I moved to Canada, uh, that's when the real immigration starts, right? Now you have a family. I, when I moved to Canada, my wife was six months pregnant. Uh, so now you have a family. Now you are in Canada, right? All of a sudden a new country out from the other, you know, away from everybody else. 12 hours time difference and I'm sure a lot of people find themselves in this position. Canada has been an immigrants uh, country. Um, a lot of immigrants come here. So to answer your question, why I was there is I was there to make a better life for my wife and my kids to be, try to have a peaceful and calm environment. And why a lot of people move from the countries where we are moving from. I'll give you an example. People from Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, why are we moving to Canada or States? There are two or three reasons. One, we all want to have a better life for our family. Now, what is a better life considered? The better life considered is the rights that we are given the proper rights. We we are equal in terms of the society, right? I, I mean, I have the same right to go to a police station than anybody else has. I'm not going to be mistreated. I'm going to be in a justice system which is supposedly better than what we have in other countries, which is driven by corruption all the time right so that's what and the end you know we all move in for uh, stability of life i have seen people i have known people that are doing extremely well in pakistan india bangladesh and decided to move to canada right i'm sure this is the uh, a typical immigrant story a guy is a general manager in pakistan or anywhere else earning 300 500000 uh, you know handsome amount of salary has many people working for him and now all of a sudden he is in canada here he's struggling you know the ends are difficult to meet right but he has moved or i have moved or everybody moves it for a better life for a stable life for a peaceful life for a stress supposedly a less stressful life that's what we all imagine when we get on that plane to come on this side Okay. And then, and then, and then, you know, what happens after that is actually the strings of events that connects everyone after that, right? Mm -hmm. As I said before, people overestimate to the place they are moving to, and people often underestimate their own resilience, right? So there's, these are the two things that actually form a way that a lot of immigrants get depressed in the beginning. You know, you see a trend. Immigrants move in, they're very excited. You land in Canada, you're very excited. Excellent new country, you're doing this, you're buying the shopping one month down the road. And now the time starts to hit where you started to get a little bit depressed. Now you're starting missing your family. You don't have a job and things like that, right? So mm -hmm. This is the trend. Why? Because your honeymoon period is over. Basically, when you're here, you have overestimated uh, 
the country you are moving into. It's a country at the end of the day. It's, the basics are the same. This is not anything out of the world, right? Basics yeah. are absolutely the same. You have to find your work. You have to get on with life. You have to stop underestimating yourself. I think the, the struggle that I have seen over the past with the people is that they do not adjust to the things when they move to the west side. I give you an example. A guy who is a general manager in a clothing establishment in Asia, Morocco, Pakistan, when he comes here, he looks through the, the, the jobs. He thinks, well, there is not a clothing establishment or there is no textile mill, so I cannot. My job does not exist here, so I'm going to go work in a, you know, whatever, drive an Uber car, whatever, everything is spent. I always tell them, when you were working in a clothing establishment back home, you were not only a manager, so you have abilities. You have abilities for HR because you have hired people. You have ability to manage multiple tasks. So you are a multiple task. You are a multitasker. You have been doing project management all your life back home. So you have an experience in the uh, project management. So the immigrants should open their mind up and not only look for, oh, my job is only my profession was the textile industry. No, your profession was managing people. Your profession was project management. Your perfect, your profession was to handle the sales. So, and that is same everywhere, right? So people open up, people should really like say, you know, experience it, put yourself out there that I am a project manager, so a, a project manager mm -hmm. in a textile facility or a project manager on a, any other job site is the same. I think that's where, where a lot of mismatch happens and people are waiting for their own profession and then they don't really uh, direct themselves in the right uh, direction. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, you know, this, this is, this happens. This happens and this is so true. And I think this happens with people who also quit their jobs and become entrepreneurs or change their field. Uh, I think they think that they start fresh and they need to start over with everything whilst in reality, they come with a set of skills and with a with an experience that cannot be beaten and cannot be taken out of themselves, right? And this can be an added value to any industry that they are starting in, actually. Correct. In reality. I mean, also, you know, there's, there's we must not forget, there's a reason you got that immigration visa, right? Because you were worth it. That is the first fundamental thing. The reason you got that immigration visa, because you were worth it. We mm -hmm. wanted, they, you know, any system that have allowed you to become an immigrant because 99% of the time they've wanted you here. Your skill set was required in this part of the world. So mm -hmm. that's first thing in your head. You know, you should be confident like that. And look, you know, people come over, you have to tr keep trying. You know, as I always said, you got to keep trying and trying and trying, right? Yeah. You, you only have to be right that one time. You're not going to be right every time. As long as you can be right that just one time, yeah. that's it. Well, Amar, since we're talking about resilience, I would love to know what was the most challenging experience for you when you moved to Canada as an immigrant? And what, were, what was the, your, your strategy to handle this, this challenge? Okay, that's a very good question. The most challenging thing when I moved as an immigrant, and I think that happens to every immigrant, is the 
finances, right? You are short on money. Usually, I am talking about immigrants like me who moved in with a kid, does not have millions account, you know, million dollars account to bring into, is a financial arrangement. Finances are the most critical thing for any immigrant, right? So you start working, uh, you have to make your ends meet and things like that. And the and we judge immigrants, judge our success with how well we are doing in finance. And, you know, first year I was living in a one bedroom shared apartment and then the third year I got to a house and then a car and things like that. So one of the things that I did, and at that time I have to thank, um, uh, you know, uh, my idea for that and my wife had the same idea at that time. What we did is whatever we earned, we spent half of it for first seven to eight years of our immigrant life, whatever. If we earned $1,000, we were living, we spent 500 That is the most difficult thing immigrants have to do. And if they can do that, believe me, the life changes afterwards, right? So it's very difficult that you are struggling with your life. You, you have a very nice job now, and now you are making $2,000, and you were making $1,000 in the past, right? The first inclination is let's go buy a nicer car let's move to a better place let's buy the better clothes right we do not plan it this is the system that puts us in through we our natural instinct is to move forward with the stuff if we can resist for first five to eight years and spend half of what you make the rest 30 years to come you're gonna be very comfortable this is the most difficult thing that an immigrant has to do and believe me, this is, I am a personal example to it. For first five years, whatever we have earned, if we earned a thousand, we spent five hundred. If we earned three thousand, we spent fifteen hundred. If we earned five thousand, we spent twenty-five hundred. Stick to that mantra for five years, and you see yourself what's going to happen to you after the after those five years. The stability that you're going to feel confident with the time. In three to four year time, you will be very confident that I have some. You will begin to take some more risk in your life because you know that if I quit this job and go for the better one, I have something to fall back on because I have saved half of the money that I've been earning. If you try to do a business, you know that if something goes sideways, you have it. So to build a solid foundation by uh, like this, it's very, very important. I think that's what a lot of uh, immigrants miss doing that. So that if I would have to say, uh, one piece of advice that I said absolutely to everybody and this difficulty everybody faces is that, that if you, in your immigrant life, for first five years, five, four, six, whatever, spend half what you make, that is that will help you a lot further down the line. Yeah, well, it's... Uh... It's indeed a uh, very good advice. <laughs> yeah, and thank you. It's just a personal to put, experience. Exactly, personal and just to experience. put things in experience into into perspective, because I see I have a question here. We have a question from Muhammad Ali Sheikh, uh, who says you are speaking wonderful. How long uh, back you mi migrated to Canada? I and, well, I immigrated to Canada in 1998, so I have uh, been here. Oh, thank you, thank you, Muhammad, if you are uh, listening to it. Uh, thank you for your kind compliment i moved to canada in 1998 so i've been here 24 years now well, but we can say for sure that this your advice with saving half of the money you're earning is as valid today as it was 25 every time, 24 every years time. Ago, this, right? this yes absolutely every time 
you have to everything is built on a foundation right you cannot build a house if you don't have a foundation and foundations are built differently so for a financial background or financial stability in your life and to get that stress out of your life you have to build a financial definition financial foundation and to do that for an early immigrant is to save half don't get into the temptation it's very easy and the other thing that a lot of immigrants do not get better because they have not had this experience is managing the credit now credit is not available in pakistan india bangladesh morocco or it's not used to be like it is available here money is easier to access here right you get a credit card of five thousand dollars you get a credit card of ten thousand dollars you have financial uh, you know lines are available very easily right so if you have to learn to manage your credit you have that is the other thing that do not misuse the credit don't overspend on your credit card right but in the same sense you have to build up your credit as well credit files are and this is also to every immigrant who's who's wanting to come the canadian or the north american system works on the credit report so you have a good credit report you get better loans on a cheaper uh, exactly. interest rates right but you have to build your credit report you have to build your uh, credit ratings and find out way how you can do that if anybody wants to reach out i am happy to help it have a credit card as early as possible spend everything on the credit card but pay it off before the end of it so let people see that you are responsible in using the money that you have been given into. And that is not only going to help you build your credit report, it's also going to help your own personal development that I can manage this. I know how to do this. If I'm given something, I know how to make a better use of it. So exactly. uh, that's one thing that's very, very important that immigrants uh, should be doing as well. Yeah, very, very good point, because when uh, people struggle with the basics, which are the financials, you don't yeah. evolve as a human being because when we talk about resilience very often we talk about the mindset and we talk about uh, the emotional part we talk about many aspects because you know uh, resilience it cannot uh, touch any area of our lives but when there is a struggle at the basic level which is the financial the rest it's not accessible because you are struggling again right. with the basics correct well look, it's a it's a it's a human nature you have moved to a different part of the world to make your life better and how we judge making life better is we are doing better financially this is this is this is the first indicator that we give to ourselves how am you know how am i doing better because you know i have a better financial life so uh, that's a fundamental thing that you have to learn the financial system and ask people. I mean, you have, I mean, anybody who's coming, who's an immigrant, I'm sure they have friends or family who has immigrated before you ask them, ask them how to do it. Ask them what, you know, what is the right way to it? Seek advice. It's okay to ask. You don't know everything. You're not supposed to know everything. Don't be shy of going to a friend or a family saying, I don't know this. Can you help me do this? Ask. And there is another thing also, which is, um, I think people coming from all over the world, from countries like Pakistani, like Romania, where I'm coming from, like Morocco, where Hannah is coming from, we're not educated and we don't know that the authorities here are really supportive, right? For me, right. I was really shocked. I, 
actually I was really surprised to go to an uh, to the the tax office here and see how helpful people were actually right. only in um, in uh, answering my questions on the specific topic but in giving me advice because they know right. what people who move into a new country are struggling with because they've been doing that they've been working with people like us for such a long time so Correct. authorities here are really supportive when it comes to helping you uh, understand the system, helping you which are the resources that you can access, uh, helping you really uh, have a better uh, way moving forward when it comes to everything that you need to be settled in, to be successful, because most at least in Canada, and we know that, um, I'm sure that it's the same thing in Toronto, most of the people working for authorities are either immigrants like us, or they have immigrant parents, and they know all the challenges as they went themselves or their family through them as well. Well, Canada is all about immigration. The country has been built up on immigration. The multiculturalism that exists here is the definition of that. Absolutely. Help is available. Look, help is available everywhere. Immigrants wants to help other immigrants. It is a support system that we have here. And then again, going back to the same thing, don't underestimate yourself. Think about it, calm yourself down and take one task at a time. If you go through your task, one task at a time and trying to see what you're doing, you'll be okay. They, you know, there are, there are reasons that, you know, again, there is a reason that you got selected to be an immigrant to this part of the world. You have it, you got it. You just need to get yourself out there and try to handle it one step at a time. I mean, look, challenges of an immigrant have changed quite a bit, right? In 1996, 97, 95, Google was not a household name. You could not Google everything. Now an immigrant before he has to move from any part of the world can Google the streets, can Google the school, can Google everything, right? So the dynamics have changed quite a bit. You can now even apply for the jobs before you get into this part of the world. You can have online interviews, you can have, everything lined up and, you know there was a time when people had no idea people have absolutely did not know when there was a time when the phone calls were a luxury doing back home i remember when i moved in 1998 to call pakistan was one dollar 15 cents a minute and you would call for three or four or five minutes and that was the end of it now it's seven cents a minute so you know connection and the FaceTime did not exist so if you were missing somebody you were missing somebody right now if you're missing somebody you get on a FaceTime and you do it but still struggles are still there but there are more tools to better handle the stress